a solution to to countering our oh, Britain's not our home and you know we're just here for a little while and all that kind of malarkey mm. is not to cut that connection between uh, them and their he- and the heritage of of where their parents and grandparents come think from. Think global. Think omatic. Yeah, because like for example, I will. I've, I've told my wife uh, mm. and, and and my brother does this as well that we make sure that the kids. Have rice and curry once a day. Preferably for breakfast. What do you say about my mum? Yeah. The point I'm trying to make is the point I'm trying to make is even something as 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 things food yeah. like like our Pakistani families, they make sure that roti is at yeah. least once a even that is a connection. Do you understand? Preferably yeah? for breakfast. No, no, no. Whatever, really, whatever. The point I'm trying to make is. These things matter. Yeah. Where you can't speak to your children in English, I've seen my brothers and sisters, while all older than me, make sure that they do speak Bengali yeah. with their children as, as they're doing English as well. Yeah. So I think then we cannot, I think it's very dangerous actually. It's actually very dangerous to so try... They can, so they can... To, to disconnect, to... Yeah. Dis, to, yeah. to, to, to it, it, like A solution to feeling or understanding that Britain is your home is not to cut heritage and connection yeah. with... Bangladesh, Pakistan, the Arab world, Africa, and stuff like yeah. that. That's as important. And they need to learn Bengali anyway so they can, you know, survive in Tower Hamlets. <laughs> of course. alaikum <laughs> and welcome to today's special. Uh, I don't want to say New Year's because that was uh, that was a few months ago in Muharram, but uh, today's special uh, unscripted podcast by Islam Twenty One C. We have two very special guests to discuss. Uh, purely arbitrarily what we've been doing over the last 12 uh, solar months um, We have Deputy Editor of uh, Five Pillars uh, Dili Hussain, mashallah And we have sitting next to him the <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what to say now COO slash Deputy Editor or non- <laughs> okay, COO of uh, Ilmfeed and uh, part-time Asian messi- messianic uh, in- interpreter <laughs> Uh, interpreter, imitator, uh, Said, is your? Should I introduce you as with the brackets part as well? Or no, no, that's cool. That's that's just a social media the thing. Top, yeah, yeah. The top, the beat. Oh, yeah. there it is. We, we, he's we, done it. We can done we it. can delete that later. So okay. that's cool. It's, it's not live. Good. Said, blank, Luch, <laughs> Luch. Is that actually that's your right. surname? Yeah, that's my surname. Yeah. I'm gonna cast anyone's surnames here. Yeah. <laughs> but Zak uh, for attending, and you guys for. Uh, Salman, you didn't say my name. I did. Did you, you say? No, no, now you've uh, done. And yeah, now you did. You didn't say it before. You didn't say it before. I did Keep say it before. I'm telling you. Rewind it. I did say it before. Yeah. Passive aggression okay. straight away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what we wanted to do, like I mentioned, we you know we don't normally make a hoo ha uh, about the the Gregorian New Year ever, ever since Sheikh Haytham kind of refuted us, and we do our normal kind of year in review in Muharram, as you should too, and you guys will one day, inshallah, as well. Uh, maybe next year in Muharram, Inshallah. around circa kind of <coughs> September, October time, we can do a proper yearly review. But we just wanted to get together and have a bit of a jolly at the old uh, Quaker Street uh, coffee and bubble tea. I'm getting good at this segue bet- with the with the advertising and stuff as well. Yeah, if you mention the Twenty and see, they'll give you 10% off, I think. Inshallah. Mm. Uh, so what I asked the brothers to do was... Uh, obviously, Five Pillars and Ilmfeed are two of the very active kind of um, uh, publications, websites, social media kind of uh, presences. I don't know what it's called. This is a new kind of, uh, you know, and dynamic kind of genre now. 
Um, but they're very active on the British Muslim scene, and uh, we thought you know, let's uh, let's have a look at some some good clips. You also, obviously, I forgot to mention, you also have podcasts as well, Blood Brothers, uh, uh, with uh, collaboration with Mad Mamluks. Yep, check them out. Um, and obviously, Five Pillars, and you have the Infood podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How many have you guys done so far? Uh, I think this is our thirty-fourth one. 35th? Uh, we've gone over 50 now. 50, mashallah. Yeah. 22. 22, mashallah. So, Ilmfid uh, steaming ahead, mashallah. Um, so, I'm trying to see in second place. and uh, It's the quality, not the quantity, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in that case. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, who wants to go first? Who wants to show something? Kick us off with a nice little clip. I've, I've attached uh, this I- iPad to... Um, this device here and through the magic of show business people at home will be able to listen in and watch as well so uh jelly um which one should i play first let me kick off with a, uh, there's a clip i sent you of uh faraz zahabi he's the uh he's the mma trainer the legend from Death tr- is the mm-hmm. elephant in the room yeah That's the uh, now faraz zahabi for those of the listeners uh, viewers who don't know who he is uh he's a legend uh you know, in terms of the world, in the world of MMA and UFC, he's the personal trainer of George St. Pierre. Like this guy's the Don Corleone. The George St. Pierre. The George St. Pierre. Like this Faraz Zahabi is like the Don Corleone of like, uh, you know, I mean, of the MMA world. Muslim. And and we had the honor. Muslim. What do you say? Muslim as well. Obviously. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know. And but if, you know if Raza Habib watches yeah. this, he's going to strangle you next time, isn't he? <laughs> look. Anyway, look, I had the okay, honor we won't invite him. Okay, he had the, had the honor of meeting him up in Abu Dhabi. And then when he came to the UK, we managed to do a podcast of him. And he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast twice. And I think what amazed me about Faraz Zahabi was that those who don't know him would assume that he merely specializes exclusively just on the world of MMA and UFC, whereas this guy was deep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was very, very uh, well versed in not just Western philosophy, but also the uh, Qalam and Mantik, and, really? and yeah, from our tradition. And he simplified the concept of death amongst non-Muslims, right? It, it, it was a very interesting discussion, and that's the clip right. that I sent to you. All right, let's have a look. Where he spoke death is the elephant in the room. That's right. In the West, we sugarcoat it. Oh, he passed on. Oh, he died. He didn't pass on. He died. Say it, say it, say it. Like people, people say it, they, they massage it. Mm. Me, I expect to die. Like my kids, they ask me, are we going to die? Yeah, I say, yeah, we're going to die. Of course we're going to die. Mm-hmm. But I, I make my peace with death. I make my peace with death. But I also don't believe death is the end. That's why I can have peace with death. But some people, they're so scared of death, they don't even want to talk about the topic. It's always brushed aside. Oh, yeah. uh, don't talk. It's, it's, uh, in the mm. West, the way we deal with it is, look, it's going to happen a really long time from now. Yeah. Forget about it. Listen to this podcast. Watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen to this, pod- listen listen to this, this podcast, podcast and then die afterwards. Okay, <laughs> don't die yet. Listen to it, then die, please. Promise podcast. So, yeah. if you think about what he was saying, then how he said it, right? You know, I, I don't know about you guys. When I've engaged with non-Muslims, uh, colleagues and peers, do you guys Eid. do you guys work with non-Muslims? Not anymore. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> anyway, what? <Yeah. laughs> But I have engaged in non-Muslims. We call sometime. them not yet Muslims. Okay, not yet. Oh God, that sounds like an Abdul Rahim Green yeah. Aero one. That is not yet Muslims. So what are they then? Yeah. Kufar. Yeah, they're close at the moment. But anyway, look, 
the other point, when you talk about death and stuff, sometimes mm. we tend to forget. Really p- picked a nice one for us to, a nice jolly one for us to start on. No, but it's true. No, no, because, no, it, okay, 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 let me tell you why I picked that one, yeah? One of the biggest news stories and incidents that happened this year was the Christchurch attacks, mm. right? Yeah. Where 50 plus Muslims were martyred. Uh, in, in a masjid, inshallah, in, in, in a masjid by a mindless terrorist, yeah, uh, a guy who had, n- in terms of mm. ideology, was not that different to many of the governments that run our countries in the Western world. Now, if you look at that, and you think fifty people were mowed down by a gun, right? How do we rationalize, internalize that incident? We say that okay, these Muslims were there on Yomul Jum'ah to worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala on a blessed mm. day, and they were killed whilst. J- during that act And you kind of And that's the way A Muslim or a believer Rationalises death Right mm. uh, Whereas I'm not saying There's nothing wrong Per se With crying or mourning But he made a very valid point For us Zahabi did With regards to how we As Muslims uh, And generally You could even probably Extend it to people of faith Abrahamic faith And whatever But um, exclusively Muslims How we Make sense of death I think mm. what he meant by making peace with death is understanding that we have to go one day and we will go one day, whereas just postponing this this illusion that oh yeah it's gonna happen but not so and, yeah. and, and that's prevalent. Even those who um, who acknowledge death, you know, they they talk about the hereafter and, and likewise kind of sugar coated or a rose tinted. Well, yeah, Muslims way. are guilty of this as well, bro. Yeah. Don't, don't I, mean, I remember like uh, driving past a um, a graveyard mm. on my kid. My kids was in the, um, the car as well And they were like Oh look a graveyard And I was like Yeah one day Everyone I thought Teachable moment alert Okay <laughs> One day we're all going to be In our graves And you know There's going to be A day of resurrection And then we're Inshallah going to go to Jannah Then I was thinking Wait a minute <laughs> And this happens a lot You know When you know Someone's spouse passes away mm. They're like mm. You know Yeah one day we'll be Together in Jannah Of course in Jannah But that's after like 50,000 years <laughs> day <Yeah>. of judgment <laughs> where yeah. people would be fleeing could be fleeing from each other their friends their families and so. your own child you know it could be um you know coming to you begging uh, for just one deed on yom qiyamah so that's something we don't like to think about but it, we we should kind of frequently sure. uh, so yeah exactly how to starting us off yeah, uh, on d- that just just I, d- I just felt that it was important i know i didn't i didn't mm. like death as the first clip right <laughs> it's just i think it's to make sense for everything that's Empowering. happening at the moment yeah. But you know, think mm. about Wallahi, if you think about it, everything that's taking place from Palestine to Kashmir to the Rohingya mm. to the Uyghurs, uh, most places in the Muslim world currently is in an unfortunate situation, mm. right? And sometimes you need to make sense of these things. You have to understand that death is the elephant in the room, right? Um, and that's why I kicked off today's podcast with that clip. Nice. Mashallah. Uh, Saeed. Yeah, so that was quite a deep start to the show, you know. Um, but. I would say, following on from that, it was a good point in regards to Christchurch. As soon as mm. that happened, I think everyone remembers where they were, mm. how they felt, especially in the UK. It was early morning. You see that the first thing I saw was the actual clip. Yeah. And I thought I was watching Call of Duty. Yeah. Right? Um, I didn't actually watch the clip. That was too much for... I, 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 I didn't even know. It's going to mess me up psychologically. Trying to speak a bit closer. Yeah, so I, I didn't know it was the actual clip because um, um, I was yeah. kind of like in another world at that time. So just watching it um, and then we thought, all right, this is a big, big issue. But how, how do you deal with it? Obviously, what mm. Dili's mentioned is really, really important. Um, by that time, a lot of Muslims felt helpless. They felt depressed. And I think we need to bring that back in terms of yeah. giving them a bit of a sense of honour, a sense of izzah. And alhamdulillah, what happened over there in New Zealand, the way 
the community over there reacting yeah. to Sonny Bill Williams making an emotional emotional uh, speech, um, the way that the government reacted, mm. um, it was really interesting. So one of the videos that I want to show is in regards to the unity in terms of solidarity the the yeah. uh, community showed, especially the white wider community. So which one is that? Let me uh, see. It should be the one at the top. Um, the women wearing headscarves. That one? Yeah, that one there. Okay. Let's see. So Muslims wearing women wearing uh non Muslim women wearing hijab for the hijabs and So it all came viral because of one person. Yeah. And um, as you can see, after that, a lot of the non-Muslims decide to wear the headscarves yeah. out of respect, um, including... The guy's uh, plan proper backfired, isn't it? Because Muslims weren't like, uh, you know, taking over the place or anything um, in New Zealand. But after that uh, massacre, like the week a week later, the Adhan was in the parliament and there was massive, biggest Jum'ah they've had, had, ever had and the whole world was... Yeah, you know, um, showing solidarity with uh, the Muslims. And I think out of all the countries in the world, New yeah. Zealand was probably the worst place to have done it because of the reaction was so positive. Yeah. Um, and seeing the reactions from the non-Muslims, but also the Muslims, like yeah. the, the brother who tackled the terrorists at that time, who saved mm. a number of lives. Like he's a hero. He's mm. one of our own, and we need to really push that forward um, to mm. show that when when things do go wrong, we need to be ready. Uh, ready to tackle and not fear death at the end of the day. Mm. Um, so that the, the time when when this took place, those two weeks, was really busy in terms of a platform for us on your own feed. Yeah. Um, we had a big spike in follow followships and views, um, a lot of interaction from people not only over here but in New Zealand themselves. Yeah. Um, I think that that's the whole concept of it, right? Is that when things happen, when things are trending, how mm. do Muslims react? Um, what do we do? Do we just kind of sit back and say, all right, you know what, make du'a for them? Or to be proactive, yeah. and you've got platforms like yourselves, Five Pillars, <coughs> Islam Twenty One C. You go into the deeper discussion, but for us, it was to kind of give a sense of honor to the viewers, yeah. especially because the Muslim majority aren't practicing. Right? We've got to remember that. Mm. Sometimes we get stuck in our bubble and thinking everyone's on the same wavelength, whereas there are, there are people who are scared of their identity, who are ashamed of themselves because of their name, because of the way they look, from where they, where they come from, because of the media all around us, the way that they dehumanize us. We want to give that sense of honor back. Yeah. Um, so by them seeing that, to show that we are human beings, uh, we're not different. Or an, an that's an the thing I like about uh, Ilmafid is you need you need a mixture of things. You know, you got five pillars doing all of the you know uh, all of these uh, you know highlighting all these injustices. Is very important. Work hey, we do positive. Highlight. We do positive stuff as well. <laughs> but like Ilmafid is like just pure positive. Mashallah, you need a bit of bit of that in your life. And I think look, the way we do it is that even when it's something negative. Right, how me as well. Even the Islam trying to see, we're always uh, everyone's always <laughs> saying, you know, why you always uh, if I feel like being depressed, you know, I'll open up Islam trying to see and see or some some kind of a thing. We're trying to I think be a bit more positive, but, well, but just just you know, the way we do it, bro, yeah, yeah. is that we do things proportionately, right? Mm. Uh, we appreciate that there's certain outlets out there, uh, mm. brothers whom we love for the sake of Allah that are doing fantastic work, and obviously they have their set objectives, mm. but from my perspective, we're going to be a serious news website. 
yeah. right? You have to cover the good, the bad, and the ugly proportionally. Absolutely, yeah. that's that's the way we see. It. We we yeah, we cover positive mm. stories. We cover. Um, that's the news. That's news in general. Not that's just it, exactly. Exactly. News. But 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 the thing is exactly. So the point saying is something is happy happened today. That's not news. No, no unfortunately. But the, yeah, but but, but, the, but the, the point I'm trying to make is we do things proportionately to how we prioritize. You understand? Mm. So even with with Christchurch when that happened. The, the good we covered So like yeah. that incident Where there was a national hijab wearing We covered yeah. that But at the same time We covered the fact That there were a number of Schools In New Zealand That even after the crisis attack Wanted to implement A hijab ban mm. We also highlighted the fact That Islamophobia Wasn't something that was Unheard of in New Zealand And that the Samoan people yeah. uh, The indigenous people Of that time mm. we, made, we, we sent out A reporter Within 24 hours From Australia Brother Wahid uh, we sent him from Australia there We were one of the first media outlets there on the ground Ashana. And uh, he covered the news And he spoke to a number of uh, Maoan people there uh, and, and they said, look, you know This doesn't really come as a surprise They're the kind of native the people too Yeah, yeah uh, the indigenous people yeah. that were sadly wiped out yeah. uh, By the white European colonisers uh, but, but the point I'm trying to make is mm. The good, the bad and the ugly has to be covered Do you understand? Yeah. To, to, to give a balanced perspective And if that means... Mm. As one outlet or a number of outlets we, pr we provide this, mm. yeah. it's important. Because what we fear sometimes is that on the one hand, you can't create a bubble mm. where you know, the Ummah believes there's absolutely nothing wrong happening. Yeah. But on the, on the other hand, we can't present a case where everything's doom and gloom and death and plunder. Mm. You understand? Yeah. So it's just about providing that balance. In New Zealand, definitely there was good, bad and ugly to cover. Mm. Definitely. Um, no, I think the, the main thing was that because of there's so many outlets there, Right, both especially mm. in the Muslim sector, yeah, like both yourselves. <coughs> Unfortunately, the mm. amount of times that we need to um, cover negative stories because mm. we're seen negatively in the media, right, and that's the remit that you guys mm. are doing, mashallah, right. And like you said, you're doing trying to cover all three of them, right, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But we found that there was so much negativity, there wasn't enough positivity. Yeah. So why not just focus on the positive stuff, yeah. right? Mm. Because sometimes that's what people need, especially in that time and maybe mm. other times as well. Um, so Alhamdulillah If there wasn't any other outlets I'm guessing we would probably do Like the negative stuff as well mm. um, But essentially Because there's so much covered in Within the Muslim sector Alhamdulillah The organisations out there The groups out there the, the amount of work that's being done But naturally mm. You're going to be tackling negative things yeah. And that can become quite depressing Even those involved um, You see people who are going through Situations themselves mm. They're just Because they're tackling it On a regular basis All the time Seeing Bad things happen. They kind of get desensitized to of, it. And kind of exhausting as well. Yeah, it's, it's How tough. do you deal with it? But news is news. Habib, yeah. You understand? At the end of the day, the way we see it as is... You have to have some kind of release though. Like yeah, of course. But turn off the news and just... Uh, true. But what do you do? But at the same time, what, what we cannot risk doing... Mm. What we cannot risk doing is presenting a situation of the state of the Ummah, whether it be in the West or in the Muslim world, as something different to what it is. Some, sometimes... Sometimes positive empowerment works. Sometimes instilling fear works. Both works, yeah? And if you were to ask me, genuinely were to ask me, the state of the Ummah in the last 50 to 80 years, all right, where does it balance up in the, in, in the scales of good, good and bad in terms of death, oppression, is uh, whatever it may be? Uh, let's, let's, let's not beat around the bush, bro. The situation isn't great. Yeah, so we that can be. That's I mean. So we so, so talking so, about on a daily basis, for example. On a daily you basis, know, you know, you can't just uh, average across like 70, 80 years. Look, you have to like on a, on, a, on a daily basis mix it up a bit. On, on a daily day, basis, bro, 
uh, it depends how what your sensitivity levels are with regards to news. Some people just flip yeah. through news and think, subhanAllah, there's nothing much I can do, make a dua, khalas, and move mm. on. Do you understand? Mm. There's others who are proactively as part of their da'a or activism, they're involved in these mm. kind of things, right? And they're doing more than just flicking through news. For example, Syria, right? I've mm. literally got mentally exhausted from watching videos from Syria. Mm. Literally, I, c- I can't do it no more. Mm. Because it's a conflict that's been going on for eight years. The death and destruction has just been like no other conflict. Yeah. And wallahi, I, I can't watch the. You know, when I had the podcast in Wazam, mm-hmm. I gave you the clip there as well. Um, it was just mentally exhausting, bruv. Mentally exhausting. No, no, definitely. Mothers, babies, <coughs> yeah. elders, you know, it, it's just too much. And sometimes I look at it and I think to myself, you know what, I can't do it no more. So I do you like, sometimes turn it off and put on some in feed. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. Yeah. But wallahi, I'll, I'll be honest with you, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I've have flicked over to him feed yeah. quite a few times. I think you know what? I need something. Just, 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 just I, just, I need something to just freshen up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I do, and I watch one of their video clips. So I'll watch one of their stories. Yeah, you know what I mean? Get the, a dopamine the, hit or something. This uncle has been yeah. what my cleaning the haram for this many years, and them kind of things. Right, it's, it's heartwarming, bruv. You need it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You need it, um, but you can never abandon. Yeah, what's yeah. happening elsewhere? Exactly. Mm-hmm. The Prophet mm-hmm. said, "The one who mm-hmm. wakes up and does not b- think about the affairs of the Ummah, he's not from us, mm-hmm. right?" Mm-hmm. So we need to, we we do need to be aware of this. Salam, guys. Sorry to butt in, eh? But if you're enjoying this podcast, please head over to islamtunnelc.com forward slash donate to help us make more. And if you're not enjoying it, head over anyway and help us make better ones. All right, Martin. Let me. Um, I think this was a this was a nice. Guess, see if you can guess who this is. Erdogan. Did you do a special podcast? No. With? <laughs> <laughs> One second, I'm listening. Who's this? You know what? When you are an Arab or when you are a Muslim, when you enter the police station, you are already presumed uh, guilty. guilty. Yeah. Yeah. But when you are white and rich, you enter and you, ent- you, you go out of it and you are innocent. And this is what I experienced. I, I went to the police and, and straight away, I, I, it was as if I was talking to the media. That was a really good um, uh, experience for us. Mm. We went to uh, uh, Paris on a bit of a kind of field trip. I was quite impressed by your French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was chatting to French properly, chatting um, to him um, in um, French. Omelette du fromage. Omelette du fromage. this and that here. Yeah, you know, I did GCSE French, so he was impressed. Alhamdulillah. I didn't want to show off. So, so you um, kept it English, yeah. yeah. But do you know any French? I was like, really? merci beaucoup. Yeah, I, sh- I showed you. La weekend dernière, je suis allé au cinéma avec avec mes amis. Je m'appelle Dieu, c'est ça va très yeah. bien. <laughs> that was the line I got through my GCSE French with. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, he's uh, he's a really nice guy, and I felt that he he's been a bit radicalized by his experience. Uh, you know, when we were talking about like. Um, he, What do you mean by radicalized? Like really, uh, obviously in the like he's become. He appears very anti-French state, okay. right? As he's talking okay. about the and the racism, the structural racism, it's Islamophobia. About, yeah, about time. And um, I didn't know, I didn't see that side of him before, and it's probably always there. But you know, he's been through a lot in his, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, case. He's got a book now. He's translated it as well. He's just looking for a publisher, mm. um, talking about you know the, the the practically the torture kind of he's he's endured. Subhanallah. Uh, it's interesting, um, you know. Yeah. So when you say that he's now radicalized to be more like kind of anti-French state, do you see that as a good thing? Yeah. Okay. Why, Why? not? <laughs> Why? 
Um, despite my good French, I'm yeah. not a big uh, fan of the the French state. Okay. You know. um, what about the British state? Ah, they're all right. You know, they, they are they are, isn't it? It's like you know, Imran. Uh, what's his name? Imran, the Muslim comedian. He's like, <laughs> when I go abroad and they they're cussing uh, you know, English white people. He's like, mm. you can't f- make fun of them. They're my white people. <laughs> <laughs> so you have that kind of uh, thing, you know. But the French is very very. You know, much more openly in your face, Islamophobic and racist. The British racism is far more subtle and sophisticated. You know, more sophisticated racism. Isn't yeah. that the fear, though, that it can come because it's just over the channel, right? And what they've done over the last ten years, maybe in the next ten years, can potentially come over here. And you get depending on how the Brexit yeah, goes. Yeah, France might invade look, us. Look, f- fundamentally, you know, even when you look at fr- the way the French colonized their empire and, yeah. and, and mm. the way British did it, th- there's differences, right? The French were all about machine gun. Uh, yeah, machine gun, muscular implementation, muscular conversion to their way of life. Whereas with the British, it was divide mm. and rule, sophistication. But the ultimate end goal was still the same. But obviously, according to Salman, it's his state in itself. <laughs> it's his state, so I'll be You're careful. You're all right, mate. You're all right. Yeah. I'll be careful as to how much I criticize yeah. your state. <laughs> oh, you want you want to um, choose another clip? Um, Whoever well, goes first. Say, you got one? Um, let me see what we've got here. I'm trying to think what's. The thing with um, while you have a look, the thing with the Tariq Ramadan thing was, you know, the whole controversy about um, you know his his case and a lot of people. Well, his, his it was quite polarizing. Yeah, yeah his his case his case the the, the 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 his case became public not too long after another prominent speaker, yeah. and and his shenanigans or alleged shenanigans. Uh, so it, it was kind of yeah, it was very polarized. Mm. And um, Alhamdulillah, is how it's good to see him. Yeah. In a much better state mm-hmm. than he was And I'll make things easy for him and his yeah. family I It's mean quite polarising though Because you know I mean In France um, <coughs> bro, he it's was bro it's polarised from yeah. the Muslim community as well Yeah yeah It's polarised from the Muslim community Because there was a Some whole Some people ma- are like why are you um, There's a whole massive debate about yeah. to, to what degree do we defend uh, Public Muslim figures uh, mm. From abusing their role as as, mm. as people of influence and stuff like this, there was a massive mm. debate online and and and, and even in, in reality, and it it does become very divisive yeah. uh, because those who obviously want to defend him on the principle of justice, yeah. right, can be seen and were seen some of them mm. yeah. were seen right. as basically apologists and sympathizers mm. and defenders of. Uh, misogyny and and, 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 yeah. and male patriarch and all this other malarkey, yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying it was divisive. And that's um, good. It rhymes. Yeah. Mm, patriarchy, misogyny, and malarkey. I didn't even <laughs> plot that. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Respect. Uh, uh, you, you yeah, yeah. Just on that, I think the one on uh, the Dutch polish politician who converts to Islam. Nice. I think that would be interesting. So who is this guy? So he was a right-wing politician in in uh, in Holland. He's part of Gut right? Wilders party. And um he really? yeah. yeah. Oh, shame. So um he was very anti-Islamic, right? Islamophobic. Um but after researching it, after trying to um make it out as a religion that was extreme and mm. radical, his research itself turned him and made him become Muslim, Islam. alhamdulillah. Um so over the years, he had this hate for Islam and inf- anything to do with Islam. Mm-hmm. But slowly, slowly, he dies from Allah. Um, mm. He became Muslim himself, um, and I think that's just really positive as well. That happened to a few people, I think. Remember that guy who was um, 
wanted to ban uh, minarets in Sweden or Switzerland mm-hmm. or something. And he became Muslim as well. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's been loads of um, mm. politicians in, in recent years who have been from one extreme right who decided to become Muslim, right? But that's also in history as well, in the time yeah. of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yeah, you had Sahabas who were non-Muslims and they hated Islam. Umar ibn mm. Khattab was a perfect example. Mm. So it's kind of a, all the way throughout history, you've got those who have come from one extreme. I wouldn't say going to another extreme, <laughs> but Allah guided them, right? Yeah. Um, alhamdulillah. And I think that just shows that anyone, it's, it's not, mm. a, anyone can be guided, right? Mm. Um, who knows Toby Rob- Toby, uh, Tommy Robinson and uh, anyone from Britain? I just think Tommy Robinson. He 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 does seem like he <laughs> could just kind of flip <laughs> the way he talks and the the kind of frantic way in which he. I mean, I'd 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 had a cordial relationship with Tommy for some time. Uh, his mum didn't live too far from where I live. Um, mm. And uh, what's her address? Huh? <laughs> just kidding. And the more and more I spoke to him, right. Um, I realized a lot of his hatred was not necessarily for Islam and Muslims. It was more to do with some of his personal experiences he had with some of the brothers in Luton, <laughs> in a particular lifestyle and career path he chose before he got into tanning. Um, and <laughs> I genuinely what was that drug dealing? Um, yeah, yeah, he was into all that, yeah. and, and, and he, he faced some thulm uh, from the, the brothers on the road uh, in Luton. But I, but when, when I spoke to him, it, he didn't seem like an ideological hate of Islam and Muslims. Mm. He didn't seem like that kind of guy. He just seemed like he hated <laughs> You know what I mean, yeah? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I do generally believe if the guy was given some yeah. time, right? Bit uh, of uh, Hamza's compassion and... Uh, no, that's too much compassion. No, that's too much <laughs> compassion. Hugs, pinches in the bum and all that. You can't do that, yeah? Um, uh, but yeah, some level of time and attention, I, I, I yeah. think he could turn. But I think his personal experience with local Lutonians, that's what turned him. Yeah, and maybe that slap from that brother when he was driving for Berry Oh Park. yeah, I remember mm. that. He got something to say. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of uh, love and mercy, is there, here's one of your clips. I'll choose it. Oh God, is it? Which one is it? Why not me and Hamza one? Let's go back to the fact that many within the Ummah think that you have changed and become soft. We can't talk about everything. So you appreciate that I Just guess like you don't talk about everything, just like you don't focus about everything. This is basically you and him just exchanging uh, Hadoukans <laughs> with each other. <laughs> <laughs> slanderous accusation. When's the last time you talked about Dawah or talked about the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way that we would like you to do? So you do have, so, so you have, you do have Ghira for the Ummah, yeah? <laughs> you get the point so far. Good. That's deep. That is deep. So it's a new strategy. Oh, but it's okay for you to be rude to me from yeah. the past. Yeah. But God knows Look, how long. Come. Bro, not at all. Are you sure about that? Bro, you know what? Yeah. You know what? After this podcast, yeah. I'm going to smash you. That's fine. Okay. We'll do what we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> so you and Hamza go back, bro. Uh, yeah. Is he one of your Lutonians? No, no I've, I, I've known Hamza since 14, 15 years old. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. and uh, mm-hmm. our families know each other. When he first came to Bedford uh, to debate an Indian pastor who bricked it, and um, so I've known Hamza for some years, mm. and obviously worked with him while we were at Aira and stuff. Mm. I love him for the sake of Allah. Um, he's someone who definitely helps balance my views. He's definitely someone who I would regard as not just a brother and a friend, but even as a mentor. Mm. Um, but that podcast specifically was to do with. Consistency and balance in da'wah Right I think something Sheikh Haytham said to me once um, Mm. He said look we shouldn't Separate Activism from da'wah 
and we shouldn't self-secularize the way our, our general outlook mm. to, 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 to our endeavors for the deen, right? And I think that is something which is very dangerous. Uh, it can, we, we can end up doing it unintentionally, unknowingly. If you think about all the Anbiya, alayhi salam, when they all yeah. came down with the message of Tawheed to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alone attributing and associating no partners to him, the inevitable manifestation of that belief, of that creed, was to enjoy in good, forbid evil, and to address all the ills in society, right? And that's mm. just the natural manifestation of Tawheed, right? So the discussion that I was having with Hamza was around that. Uh, that's, look, when you embark on da'wah, it can't, yeah. it, it surely, it <coughs> cannot just be love, mercy, and compassion. Khayr, that those are some of the greatest attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But at the same time, the prophets warned their people of hellfire. The prophets warned their people of punishment. You the know what, my theory is, yeah. Go on, let me a, hear this is, a, this is a sick theory. Yeah. I've been Go working on this for years. You ready? Go I'm on. Sitting down. My theory is, yeah, where you sit on this spectrum or any other yeah. is 90% your personality type and 10% ideolo- ideological. So people naturally That's, that's not profound mm. Just People, It is profound It's if you not reflect profound Reflect on it Let it mull over a bit yeah, Go on Let me do some tafsir over here yeah? <laughs> Go on Go on go So for people it. Whether it's Are you kind of softy Merciful kind of type Or are you kind of A bit harder More stern uh, That's I think Down to your personality Mostly right? Yeah that's true And each person's gonna Look at those Ayat and ahadith Which are kind of they, They're able to you know, kind of focus on those things which are a bit more on their kind of level of thing. Even when it comes to interests, you know, if you're a bit more politically active, like we interests had interests in what river? Interests. Oh, okay. We oh. had a uh, great nice one. I'll, I'll give you. <laughs> one. There you go. Uh, we had like uh, Dr. Anastakriti here the other day, and um, you know, he's a bit more kind of he, his wavelength is you know political activism and making change and all that kind of stuff. But if somebody's like a bookworm, naturally they they they're more at home with looking at kind of, you know, looking, doing studies and being academic and stuff, they're going to go through that route. But I think the ummah, the variety we have is a strength. So some people are, you know, naturally inclined towards looking at the the merciful side of things. I don't think making everyone what we might call balanced is the way forward. I think we need to utilize these people's strengths. Mm. And they need to learn to work together with people who with a different personality. I'm That's sorry. how we yeah, get the. No, at the same time, the at the same time, Habibi. Also, I agree with your point. Mm. The issue, the discussion for that podcast was about consistency in principles. Do you understand? That as a Muslim, I don't think I watched it. Though. Okay, sorry. We'll, we'll watch it then. <laughs> Before you start coming out with your profound, enlightened theories, yeah. The point mm. I wanted to make was in that podcast with Hamza, and he agreed fundamentally. Was that look? If we as a Muslim organization, as a Muslim figure, mm. you rightly issue a statement of condemnation when there's an attack on the Western world, like Paris attacks, yeah. the Brussels attack, the Christchurch attacks, any attacks on the Western world, you'll issue a statement of condemnation and solidarity. Yeah. But then there is pin drop silence when it comes to Muslim issues which have been going on for decades for years, mm-hmm. yeah. So the issue was about consistency in principles. Yeah. That's nothing mm-hmm. to do with characteristics. That's nothing to do with ideology. Even then, it is. Even really, then it is because no, no, then if you're, that, for example, that. if you're, if you're, you know, inclined towards looking at something immediate in front of you, and you're, and naturally, I know brothers who, who are like, it's, it's, it will be unfair to characterize them as not caring about what's happening abroad, but they care 
uh, more about the, the immediate stuff that they can uh, have an impact on. And as when it's stuff happening, maybe you know, far away, like maybe the with with the exhaustion that you talked about, you know, that they can't do anything, they feel depressed, or whatever. So they'll focus on things that are more immediate to them. So it's I'm not saying this is right or anything yeah. is right or wrong. It's nothing is personality, to be honest. I yeah. I no, but I think the other thing is that we need to understand, like like you mentioned, some. I agree with both of you, right? Mm. In terms of in terms of a, a community, right? We've got a number of scholars, right? But they're going to come from a, from a scholarly perspective, and you've got academics mm. who are going to be coming from from a, from a lot of research and stuff. Then you've got activists, right? Yeah. Who are kind of underground. So when things do happen, we've seen things where we've had to go and speak to scholars or academics and say, listen, you might want to rethink what you've done. And I think that's where it comes. Where it's really key in terms of the collaboration between yeah. organisations like ourselves, that communication. Especially because, unfortunately, we've got this thing in, in our community where we love to reinvent the wheel. Mm. If someone's doing something, we think, yeah, let's do the same thing. Instead of supporting them, yeah. empowering them, and making sure that they're able to be the best in their field. So, for example, Five Pillars is a media outlet. Instead of us creating another five pillars or six pillars or seven pillars, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> you know, you know what's regarded as a six pillar of Islam? Is it? Do you know what? what so many of the ulama. Uh, no, I was waiting for it. But yeah. <laughs> so um, just just on on that, I think we need to really help each other out. I think that's why, alhamdulillah, this podcast itself. Mm. Like, I've been meaning to meet you up for ages. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, next week I'm gonna meet up. Next week we're mm. gonna meet up. We just didn't get a chance to. Um, and you as well, Dilly. I'm <laughs> sure. No, we saw each other. I feel left out over there. We saw each other not too long ago. Like we, we 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 exchange messages. I see you guys mm. on social media. We we, we kind of know each other offline, mm. um, but in in person it's just like salams and we're always busy, right? Mm. Uh, unfortunately, in London it's very very busy. Um, but yeah, just just on that point, I think it's really important that we understand that there are different people. We're gonna have different opinions yeah. as well. Um, that brings me on to a nice little segue to. Uh, another thing that happened in this earlier this year, and that was the controversy about the statements uh, from Hamza Yusuf, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, um, about you know the, the whole. Uh, I think he was talking about Syria and kind of uh, what was appeared, Wait, what when appeared he, to when be. When you turn around, he said, "So how's yeah. so how's Syria going?" Yeah, yeah. So this here's a nice uh, clip from one of the podcasts we did with Abu Isa. That this principle is clear that we shouldn't, but this hadith is put to the side. When you've been attacked, your family's been attacked. When the dean. So some context. He's talking about, you know, the 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 what Hamza Yusuf said yeah. about, you know, not rebelling against the or whatever, all that kind of stuff. He's saying, in isolated from any context, it's it's correct. You know, you shouldn't, um, you know, um, try and change something with your hand if it leads to a bigger monkar. But when you put it into the context, it has been attacked, and there is now the red line has been crossed. Mm. So when the red line is crossed then you don't side on the side of the oppressors. You are with the oppressed, whatever the hadith say. Then it's all in. We are all in. And it's it not like you're matter. putting the hadith to the side or anything. You're just saying it's not applicable here. It's not applicable. That is the yeah. context. And that's the mistake that he made. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm saying, therefore, then, that the two points to make about what he said is that, in actual fact, technically, he's right. Mm -hmm. In theory. But in theory. But the context makes him wrong, and his associations of today make him wrong. Mm -hmm. He yeah. has made the choice to cozy up with the Emirates, whether mm. that's for what he perceives as maslaha or not, Allah knows best, okay? Because they are criminals. I left the maslaha bit in there for you. You love that, yeah. you love the maslaha and the masala. Gonna, the masala, the masala no, no, I, think, I, th I think AE made valid point there, bro. I, I, think, yeah. I think what happens, I, I think this whole issue of rebellion and khuruj and you know, re rebelling against rulers and stuff, this is a massive scholarly discussion. There's, lo there's lots of classical and contemporary works for it. But one of the things which 
I have personally found with my limited mm. and restricted knowledge on this particular so humble. area. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also what I've been taught by my teachers is that some of the hadith, uh, or many of the hadith pertain to the issue of rulers and obedience and stuff like this. Uh, most of it doesn't apply now uh, because there are certain conditions for that obedience, right? And as A.E. rightly said himself, he said, in theory, mm-hmm. some of the things which Hamza Yusuf cites, in theory, in isolation, would be correct. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the reality of it, when you apply that, the hadith which he cites to what, what he's actually doing or what's actually happening in places like Egypt, in places like Libya, in mm-hmm. places like Yemen, right? does it actually apply? And I would agree with A.E. I yeah. would agree with AE. But obviously with differences and stuff, it needs to be aired in a brotherly and respectful way all the time. I think the, the one of the biggest <sighs> problems whenever he says something like that and the fallout and all that kind of stuff. He says he's tired afterwards. No, no, no. With the Hamza Yusuf. Or anyone who's, you know, a <coughs> someone regarded as a scholar who says mm. something which is um, maybe unwise or politically mm. miscalculated, um, it, it, it causes a rift, I think, or increases a rift between the average layman or the activists and the scholars. Does it? And because there's some people on both sides who want to fester or increase that. So there's some people who are arrogant and say, oh, these you know, people don't want to, they don't know about these things that enlightened scholars or whatever. Yeah, they, yeah. And there's some people on the other side that are like, you know, are these scholars for dollars and sellouts, you know, that kind of I rhetoric. I think that's and it kind of, I think it's a, it's a, it's a definitely a ploy of shaitan to yeah. separate between the scholars of the ummah and the, the, the passionate kind of activist people. I think that, that's the problem with social media that it's given yeah. everyone a voice, right? And people will say the most stupidest things ever <laughs> on social media, right? And we don't take, people don't take that into account. What's the stupidest thing you've seen this year? Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> there's been plenty. I, yeah. I can't even go into it really and truly. But I just like these things of scholars for dollars, he's yeah. a sellout straight away because of, of that video, right? Mm. And we know, look, there were issues in that video, as uh, Sheikh mentioned. But you see the reaction afterwards. I think she and he apologised as well yeah, he, he, he made some sort of apology yeah. um, Whether people accept it or not uh, Is a, another thing But He looks sceptical Yeah I, I think it's just that Unfortunately social media has given a platform mm-hmm. To many people And that's why we're, where we come into it Is making sure that those who deserve the platform Right So I'm not mm-hmm. the host for the podcast Shabir is normally um, the, the host And we've got Ustada Fatima Barakatullah as well mm-hmm. So we've got a, a podcast for brothers and sisters And I think there's more need for sisters yeah. But unfortunately, what's happened now is yes, that um, <laughs> I think because the, the influencers per se, and I hate that term, but the why are you sisters, laughing? I'm not some kind of raising misogyny. <laughs> I love women. I've got one at home. <laughs> what about the ones you got chained up? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that's clear quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, who, who are they going to look up to, right? Yeah, like, alhamdulillah, yeah. as the brothers, we've got a lot of shiok that we can approach that, mm. that are there, that are out there. Um, but for sisters, it's, everyone's a makeup artist, that, that MUA yeah. or um, hijab vlogger, blogger or blagger, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Um, and this is a big, big problem. And I think yeah. that's where, uh, as platforms like ourselves, we need to do more for them because mm. I don't think there's enough. And if there's nothing for them, they're going to be getting diverted into something yeah. which is not right. And mm. you're going to get people who will sit in front and unfortunately they'll use the, 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 ter- the word Islam and the idea of Islam to get that prominence, to get that mm. following. And then once they've got, um, once they become famous per se, they'll go to the BBC or something. And they'll, they'll, do, they'll do all sorts. Mm. Um, and we've seen that that's a regular pattern. You've got brothers as well, like when they've gone into 
uh, in Nasheeds and then they won't become mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there are lots of issues, unfortunately. And I think mm-hmm. that's why if, uh, in terms of... Community the is a good stepping stone to, for them, you know, to uh, get some popularity. And yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's, that's the key thing. Like when we've got like Ustad Shabir, right? He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a student of knowledge himself. He's very gr- uh, grounded. Mm-hmm. He's a hafid. He's no offence, but he was the... He was the one who invited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry. I, but I, he recently got married, I think. Yeah, he's, he's uh, on his honeymoon. So I don't, I don't think he even... Yeah. Um, did he even yeah. reply to you? I think he was... I think Max did reply to you. <laughs> yeah, Max just bids on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Probably frantically texting me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, yeah I, I think it, these are the kind of individuals, mm. right? And personalities that we want to push. Alhamdulillah, we've got a, a big reach, mm-hmm. right? Um, over the past year, we, we've... Our, uh, our followings uh, increased by 666,000 people on all platforms, right? 666. Uh, 666, yeah. Ooh. So that, that, that magic number. Mm. So have you got anything like scary? I don't have or a thing. I used to have a. I'll <laughs> <laughs> just add it now. Turn yeah. like a press something. Power of evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the power of show business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's just that, that those, pe- those people and personalities that deserve that platform. And mm. I think we need to empower those as well because a lot of people <coughs> who are amazing in the community who are doing great work, um, but they can't have that reach. Um, yeah. Assalamualaikum guys, me again, reminding you to head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to keep the lights on on Islam21c. We pride ourselves on being independent and being funded by the grassroots community. We did two things this, uh, we had two guests on uh, on our podcast, uh, two guests which for a practicing conservative Muslim audience was most definitely controversial, right? And whilst I agree with what Saeed said uh, with regards to the kind of Role models that we want to present to the Ummah, mm-hmm. 100%. But there's also an aspect of preaching to the converted and creating more echo chambers, mm-hmm. right? And on numerous platforms, and when brothers have asked me on other podcasts, when I've been on Boys in the Cave, when I've been on Mad on, on the Mad Mumlooks, I've been on other podcasts, I've made it abundantly clear that look, depending on what you're looking for, there's enough in the Muslim market to go for. Right. Yeah. If you if you want something which is very ilm based, go to Ilm Feed Podcast. If you want something that's very dawah focused, go to uh, Aira's Rerooted. If you want some dry humor and everything and about yeah, and, and everything some about democracy and Turkey, yeah. go to some ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so what I'm saying, but again, the Blood Brothers Podcast is a reflection mm. of the news outlet. So we had two guests on our podcast. We had Modestry and mm. our dads. Right. Now Modestry uh, sister Inaya. She's an MUA, right? What's that uh, mean? A makeup artist. Okay. Right? Um, don't they've ag- actually like got a, a, an ob- abri- abri- yeah. abbreviation yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And she knows as much as I do, uh, you know, overwhelming, maj- kind of overwhelming majority of the stuff that she does, I'm not in agreement with it. Uh, and it's something definitely I would never want my daughter or my women folk to get engaged. However, that said, she has a massive following. And therefore, whether we like it or not, you have to appreciate, as you mentioned earlier, Saeed, that the vast majority of the Ummah is not practicing. Exactly. Yeah. Do you understand? Mm. The vast, as much as, we, as much mm. as we want it to be, the majority of the Ummah are not ulama, are not du'at, are not activists, are not academics, mm. are not, they're not that. That's right. At best, at an optimistic push, maybe 8%, and that's at a push, yeah? 90% or so are just kind of everywhere, you know what I mean? Yeah? Did so you say 8%? 8 to 10. It's quite precise. Yeah? 
No, it's something that I can't agree with that. No, because I thought about it, if you grab 10 Muslims from Bradford, Birmingham, Manchester, Bedford, yeah. Luton. 0.8 of them yeah? will be. Uh, and no, and, and <laughs> may, may, maybe, maybe one at a push yeah, two yeah. will be like devout and practice. And then you'll get very varied people, you understand? Yeah, and whether yeah. we like it or not, you know, these are the kind of people mm. that Muslims look up to. Mm. So I bought Modest Street on and our dad's on, right? Now, our dad is a. Grime artist, a Moroccan grime artist, right? The stuff he does is Bartel, I told him to his face, yeah? <laughs> no, straight up, I, t I told him. And that's why we. He thinks his rhymes are dry. Huh? No, this is kind of music. Are <laughs> uh, his bars dusty? No, no, his, his music period is it's not on, and he knows that as well, yeah? So even when he came on the podcast, we, we specifically did not speak about his music. Mm. What did we speak about? Knife crime. We spoke about street violence. Mm. We spoke about his time in prison. We spoke about, and there's a clip I sent you about a story he gave from prison. Um, and we spoke about these kind of things. I even, mm. I even said it to him. I said to him, so let's say the government came to you and said, right, our dad's over to you, mate. How do you handle knife crime? And he said to open up more music studios. And I put it to him straight. I said, do you honestly believe... Yeah, I said, do you believe that more producing more music about the very life <laughs> which is causing the problems? And so we had a good discussion. Mm. And right at the end of the podcast, I even, we, me and my brother made the offer. And we said, look, brother, we want you to obviously give up this trade. You know what I mean? And even off camera, we gave him some Nasihan. And, and he knows the sketch. But the thing mm. is, we need to... I feel we do need to have these guests on. So long as you're not promoting and endorsing their lifestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. every platform has to be different because you're not going to like this, but you're very democratic. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. am, bro. Yeah, so I to, to mean, if, if you're talking about Muslims, you have to... But I don't make laws, innit? Your things are... Laws. Your tagline is what are Muslims, Muslims thinking. thinking. That's a really good That's it, bro, tagline. And, and, and it's the Muslims, it's not the Islam. It's yeah. not like this is what yeah, Islam yeah. says about X, Y, Look, Zin. man, look, just, mm. just want to clarify something as well. You know, sometimes one of, one of the biggest issues Five Pillars had back in 2013 when we launched, yeah? Mm. Uh, I've only said this on one other platform. It's that you guys are a front for HT. Six months later, you're a front for the Ikhwan. You're a front for this, you're a front for that. Every, we're a front for someone. And that's when we realise, you know, when you get accused of being a front for everyone, mm. you've kind of hit the nail. Uh, because we never restrict even scholars on our platform. Mm. We try give some variation, right? We cannot claim to be truly representative of the Muslim community mm. if we don't represent its diversity, exactly. right? Of course, we have red lines. Obviously, not call the Arnis, no, 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 no curses of the companions and enough, none of that madness, right? <laughs> um, and, but generally speaking, within the broad You're a mouthpiece for Sunni Islam. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. With five percent, with, with the token five to eight percent for the Shia. Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make is, bro, we try to represent as many views as possible. So long as you're not an open enemy of the Deen and the community, yeah. mm. the platform's here, and we want to speak to you. Even sister, even the sister in Iran, which I had on, mm. yeah. Uh, no, I asked her straight. I said, I said, um, I said to her, look, have you ever? Thought about taking a hijab off, yeah, knowing full well that she's done some shenanigans. Not that I watch her videos or anything, but I, I heard some <laughs> I stuff. I had to because of yeah, research. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and she's told me straight. She goes, many times I've been tempted to take the hijab off, many mm. times, yeah. Uh, but even off camera, we again we gave and her. I just think it's about take it. I just think, what will five pillars say to yeah, me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be front page news. Yeah, yeah. Well, funny enough. Funny enough, th th we, we didn't get as much stick as we thought mm. for having them two on. And we will have other guests on that people will, our conservative audience will not like. Mm. But our conservative audience needs to realise. Just don't watch it. Yeah, and the almost not conservative. Yeah. We may be 
culturally conservative, but Muslimic, that's not mm. the whole community. You have to appreciate that. I guess that's the hardest thing, right? To p- try and please everyone. Yeah. yeah. yeah? Um, even although we're like a positive page and a platform, mm. um, we'll be kind of accused by those, oh, you're too positive. Yeah? Like yeah. people will say, oh, it's too, like, oh, happy go lucky and um, you need to deal <laughs> with some serious <laughs> issues, right? Um, but I guess, alhamdulillah, you know what? Th- we, we've seen that, we know our remit yeah. um, and we know there are other platforms doing the other stuff that are Absolutely, yeah. like, like yourselves, mashallah. Yeah. Um, I think Sun Tzu said in Art of War, Mm-hmm. Ready for some more bars? He said, "A good stratagem of war. I'm going to ruin it now. A good stratagem of war is having a an apparent disunity or kind of plethora of different things happening, not looking like they're linked or united in background." Did you say that verbatim? Did you just? I just pr- try to. Kanakala. Kanakala Sansu. Um, so yeah, you need a, you need lo- you know dawah needs to be dynamic, mm. and re- re- telling the community story has to be mm. multifaceted. You need the happy go lucky stuff. You need the you know look man everything else. I think that's one of the, one of the challenges that we face is that because mm. we we get a lot of information, a lot of news very quickly, but there's some things we just can't do on our platform. It's not part of our remit, even though mm. as much as we want to. But alhamdulillah, we're able to. Kind of recommend it to others to say, you know what, maybe this yeah. this story that you can. I send five pillars a lot of things as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they must get can you, Billy, can you uh, <laughs> deal with this guy? On the above, we take we take great honor. That. We take great honor in being the defenders yeah. of the community, brother. But you made a good point about you know if you try and make your audience too wide and too mm. broad, then you can't really serve anyone yeah. in quality way. Um, no, but you don't want to serve any particular mm. demographic of our community too much, bro. But you, it, it depends on your platform. Look, so look, if you're let, me, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example, yeah? When we pull something from, let's say, Sheikh Asrar Rashid or Sheikh Tawqiri Shak, yeah, two prominent regarded Sufi Hanafi scholars, right? I've got one you, of the clips here. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Get bro- you get brothers coming on, oh, Ahlul Bidda, grave worshiper, da 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 da, yeah? Then you'll have someone, if you put something. That's what I'm saying, your remit is British Sheikh, Muslim news. Yeah, but These are people who are. But when we put something from Sheikh Zahir Mahmoud, Right, oh, these Diabandi, and, and you get yeah. the same thing. The point I'm trying to make is that when it comes to, I'm talking from a five players perspective, because yeah. no, when, when, I, when I said earlier that we have to obviously cover the bad and the ugly as well, mm. it's not always for us going after the Islamophobes, the Zionists, the warmongers, and the, and the neocons. Sometimes, bruv, we have to introspectively go after some shenanigans that Muslim organizations yeah. are up to. Do you understand? Like, there's a story that's going to break in a couple of days. <laughs> it, it, it may coincide with this podcast, yeah? A major Muslim charity based in the UK, one of the big threes, yeah? Big three or five. What are the big three? <laughs> Islamic Relief, Muslim Aid, Human Appeal, Penny Appeal, and so. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look, a story's going to break in a couple of days, and it's a story we had to cover. Do you understand? It, it, and, and I've said this many times that mm. one of the aspects of our work is not always trying to go after, you know what I mean, the enemies. Yeah, and and it, we have to introspectively look at what's happening within our community. Do you understand? Now, but in order to succeed, you need to have a, a clear identity who so, you are. Of course. You know? yeah. I think because if you try and start, for example, doing random travel news for tourism that's completely mm. irrelevant to British Muslims, people are, that's going to cause an incongruence between your perceived or mm. existing identity and brand. And stuff that you we don't to do. I mean, so. I mean, we, I mean we've, for the last two years, we've stopped describing ourselves as a British Muslim news website. Yeah. We just call ourselves a UK-based news website. We want mm. to make it more ummatic. You know what I mean? Inshallah. Mm, yeah. I like it. I like it. But just on, on that point, in terms of, like, like the way in terms of you, you mentioned a, a charity that you're going to be um, 
releasing something on here, to right? <laughs> so he, so, so there's that angle, right? That we have to because we need we've it's got issues. He realized, within the be honest, because he realized you had a 15 year direct debit going with him. <laughs> <laughs> that bloody other <laughs> nah, but I, think, I don't remember this. That no, look, man, look, look. So he's searching track, baby. Yeah. At the end of the day, if the ummah, we know we are the most mm. giving people, giving community in this country. Yeah. You know, wallahi, you know, our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts, our sisters. You know, they, they, they mm. are one of the biggest givers. When it comes to it, if they're gonna give their zakah, right, something that's obligatory, something which the khulafa waged war for, yeah, mm. and it's not going to the right recipients or a respected charity hasn't even got a allegedly hasn't even got a policy in place to ring fence that kind mm. of money, that is of public interest. Allahu Akbar. Do you understand? Is that not of public interest? It is. It is. But I, I think even that in terms of public interest, right? Yeah. Like what the it's Muslims gave more Muslim. than a hundred million pounds last Ramadan, right? Bro, yeah. we, we con- but just like we, we, we consult scholars, bro. Yeah. I mean, we, we consult our scholars, right? And and obviously, once they present what they believe is the rights and wrongs of what they think of respected cases, then obviously we it's move true. forward. Like that. I mean, Dilly often consults me uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, it's it's one of those things where sometimes do we need to put like, the dirty laundry out in public as well? Right? Mm. There's that argument. Because unfortunately, like like we mentioned a number of times, a lot of the Muslim community, this this kind of stuff will go over their head, right? Yeah. So should we kind of have this discussion in a closed environment with those who need to know, mm. or do we make it publicly available to anyone and everyone? Because it could potentially put. And I've heard friends who said, "No, I'm yeah. not going to give to Muslim charities anymore because I don't trust them. I don't mm. know where the money's going, how much the wages are. This guy's on 100k. This person's." Spending on, on first class tickets, like well, so. uh, me personally, me and my family, we always try to give zakah to f- trusted sources. Now, with regards to hanging your dirty laundry in public, Saeed, yeah, it is a difficult one because mm. you have to understand, my dear brother, we don't wake up every day with a hit list. We don't, well, sure? you? yeah, we don't. you've got to try it as weekly, yeah. man. No, we don't wake up here, right? Okay, who are we going after today? Because we're not about losing friends. Weekly, weekly. I thought yeah. you wake up with like a dart and just no, no, no. Well, not here, we don't. We Go don't next. because, first and foremost, that <laughs> no, we don't, man. We don't because that would make our working sincere, you know what I mean? And we're not about going out and 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 you know, losing friends and you know, some of the people that we've accounted publicly were people who have advertised with us, people who have given us money, you understand, mm-hmm. yeah? And we've had to call up, we gain nothing except for uh, getting slated, right? Yeah. By those, the supporters of those respective organizations. But there is a fine line, you're absolutely right. But know this bro, whenever we've come out and publicly reported on a story pertaining to a Muslim organization, mm. things have been exhausted behind closed doors. Yeah. They've been advised, They've been engaged with, we've, we've done everything, and that's the last resort. One thing I liked it? about uh, Five Pillars, mm-hmm. and credit to whoever's idea that was, mm-hmm. either Yusuf or Roshan, um, when you, when you criticise a Muslim charity, a few days later you publish an article Course. by uh, we did the that CEO with, of that same charity. Nowhere, nowhere, not a single mm-hmm. news outlet, Muslim or non-Muslim exists, I'm being honest with you, mm. where you take out someone or criticize someone on legitimate grounds and then mm. the very next day you allow the CEO to gun five pillars or gun that respective yeah. website. And, and, and that's, we seem not to be just, bro. Do you understand? Mm. Free and fair press. Yeah, I mean, to some degree. <laughs> yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is, bro, I don't want anyone to think that, oh, 
the, the first resort is to call out organization yeah. figures. Yeah. Yeah, right. Things have been done behind closed doors, consulting scholars, consulting those respective organizations. Bro, let me tell you something. Between you and me, between us, some organizations take the biscuit. I think there's some other people listening. Okay, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> they take the biscuit, but sometimes you know they, they pretend to take advice, ignore, ignore, yeah. ignore, ignore, and then it's like, okay, fine, shots fired now. They need to get five pillared. That's it. <laughs> no, alhamdulillah. I think it's that's actually entered yeah. the vocabulary <laughs> that's of the Muslim. Well, one of the counters. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, but there's so mm. many other charities. There's so many other charities. Do you carry out your due diligence? Carry mm. out your due diligence. We're not saying that. Um, we don't say that. Don't give to any charity. We're just saying that specific yeah. charity. Yeah. That specific and in a way, charity. Yeah. In a way, you're doing. Yeah. A, you're five five pillars are carrying out a very important democratic uh, duty. Look, man. <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> 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 yeah, speaking thing. of scholars, <laughs> speaking yeah. of scholars, yeah, I saw one with the Sheikh Ashar Rashid on uh. one of your thumbnails. Let's have a let's have a watch of this one. The Muslim leadership, from uh, scholars to uh, political leaders, did not have wahan in their hearts. They would be politically stronger in order to resist uh, globalization today. There is no doubt in that. Mm. So the tawbah starts from the leadership, meaning. Uh, the scholars should start with themselves rather than being judgmental regarding people in Gaza. In fact, people in Gaza are the most rewarded people on the face of the earth today with alongside with the people of Quds. The Hadith states, لَا تَزَالُ طَائِفَةٌ مِّنْ أُمَّةِ يُقَاتِلُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ That a group of people shall not cease fighting in the way of Allah. In one narration, it mentioned, وَهُمْ عَلَىٰ أَبْوَابِ الْقُدْسِ They are... Uh, Surrounding the doors of Al-Quds. Masha'Allah. Alhamdulillah. That was Alhamdulillah. nice. You know, uh, Sheikh Rashid, I'm very impressed with uh, a lot of the stuff I see of him. Mm. I mean, a lot of people, they haven't, maybe they don't know him except from kind of 10, 15 years ago, refutation videos all the, against... All, 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 the, all the recent debate, well, not recent, but that yeah. three-year-old debate with Abdurrahman Hassan. Yeah. But look, Sheikh Sarah Rashid... Uh, is he one of your bless him. go-to guys for yeah, he's definitely fatwas. Yeah, he's definitely one of our... But, but we take his counsel as seriously mm. as we do with Sheikh Heathams and as we do with mm. uh, other scholars. The thing is, at least with five pillars, we need to make sure we have a reflective board of ulama who advise us. It cannot just be yeah. one type of mm. scholar, yeah? Um, but Sheikh Sarah Rashid's that snippet there is something very important very brave of him to have said that you know the mm. fact that he said according to him that you know if there's an understanding out there that our situation is as a result of our individual collective sins and the very first people that to make tawbah are the rulers and the scholars mm-hmm. because if they are the ones who lead the ummah then they too bear some responsibility if not a greater responsibility yeah. In in obviously fixing up our situation, that's very brave of him. And also the fact that he mentioned the issue of Gaza, I believe. Mm. Now he has direct communication with Hamza Yusuf, and I know that mm. he accounts Hamza Yusuf directly via the blower. Yeah, um, and you know, Shah Sarashi Before we move over to that clip, you know, he's 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 a refreshing voice mm. because I think with the kind of Barelvi Sufi community. Mm. Uh, there, you know, for many years, you, you just think that you know it's just uh, langar milad and and and, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. But the thing yeah, is, that's what I love about you lot. Yeah, but the, but the good thing. When we're in green as well. <laughs> but the good thing about Sheikh Sarashid and others slowly now, that they are now introducing a more kind of confident, mm. uh, a, a Sufi Hanafi community, right? Who are now um, 
articulate in, in their beliefs, in their theology. And even, you know, he encourages people, look, allow the sectarian debates, mm. you know, not, we need to mm. engage with atheism, we need to engage with secularism. We need to engage. So it's, he's refreshing mm. and it's, it's, it's a promising indication for what we may see with uh, future global mm. ilm from, from that persuasion. It's very hopeful, inshallah. Definitely, yeah, bro. Yeah. They are the demographic majority, after, yeah. after all, or one of the demographic majority, so it's needed. I mean, focusing, fighting amongst each other, it's oh. like, I mean, intra-Muslim groups. Yeah. It's a bit like, uh, you know, your house is on fire and you're stopping to kind of fix the, the painting, which is a bit crooked. So. You know, put out the bloody fire first, and then, I think it's and then you can uh, work on the interior decoration. It's been made easier in terms of us being in the second and third generation, that we grew up with mm. a group of friends who came from different backgrounds, Right in terms of school yeah. of thoughts and whatnot. So uh, and when we were young, we were joking about it, but then you realize, hold up, he's one of our own. Yeah. And essentially speaking, this this area, this this community, especially in London, is so diverse that, like you said, you be, you've been getting scholarly advice from those from different yeah. backgrounds and school of thoughts, from diff, uh, from mm. graduate from different places, and they might differ like hugely on s- certain aspects. But you need to get a balanced view. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's important about our platforms that we're able to. Differentiate. We're not affiliated to any mm. school of thought or any kind mm. of specific aqidah or fiqh. And we've had guests and personalities on board. Why are you um, smiling? Yeah, that's us too. <laughs> 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 I'm just trying to give some hints out there, but no. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. Listen, some other is. Next question. <laughs> just cut that so bit out, yeah. 80, but, um, 80 degrees rule. <laughs> But um, no, alhamdulillah, and I think it's, it's important, like you, you've had scholars from different backgrounds, especially mm. like those mm. from a Sufi background. Unfortunately, a lot of people look in, in our sector haven't really interacted mm. with them or know what they're about. Um, and you giving them a platform. But it's um, important, bro. It's, it's mm. really important. Every, every, everyone's on this Dirlish Ertul time. We forget that the Ottomans were Sunni, <laughs> Hanafi, Maturidi, yeah. Sufis. A lot of people. You know like, I mean? I've seen enough uh, yeah. Ertul to know Ibn Arabi yeah. was all yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> so you understand? Um, but look, you know, even with Sheikh, you know, even with Sheikh Sra, right? You know, he, he said to me, he goes, look, the theological debates are important, mm. right? But there's a time and place for it and they need to be had. And you know, his, you know, his justification for having. Theological, de- intra-Muslim theological debates. Yeah. According to him, not verbatim, he said that it keeps us healthy, passionate, zealous, mm. and on point with regards to our own theology. However, when there's a greater threat, man, there ain't time for this. Yeah. You understand? And even towards the end of that podcast, I said mm. to him, "What on what issues do you think Muslims should unite upon? Right? So I mentioned to him, Israel and Palestinianism, yes. Prevent, yes. Um, the, um, the LGBT issue in our curriculums, yes. Mm-hmm. So he gave a whole lot of issues, and you know what, bruv? You know, that's a good positive yeah. starting point. You hit the nail on the head yeah. as well, I think, with the whole second, third generation Muslims, because a lot of these intra Islamic debates are they have to be taught and inherited from back home, yeah. Like in Pakistan, for example, uh, and it's been kind of carried on here, Brailevis and Diobandis hate each other's guts mm. like properly hate each other I think uh, Asim Qureshi said I think 90 something percent of the cases of the blasphemy law um, in Pakistan uh, which isn't uh, doesn't have an Islamic kind of it's legally Brit- it's, mm. it it's was a British, a British, British, British imperial law Yeah, 90 something percent of the cases brought to the court are between Brailis and Deobandis making takfir of each other mm. so that's a that's a huge thing and that's that that Kind of, it, unfortunately, some massages in some communities they they try and keep that alive as well. That kind yeah. of 
Um, I think because uh, one one brother said he said you know if you want to get to the position of the the committee in this masjid or that masjid, you have to toe the line in that sense. But mm. at the same time, alhamdulillah, there's a lot of um, cooperation and unity. There is, there is, yeah, there is, there is. And you're working in your local community, for example. You're talking about. Um, yeah. No, alhamdulillah, like in, in our in, in our community, we've we've got the Wolfen Forest Council of Moss, which is mm. an umbrella body for the majority of the mosques in our area, and on a monthly basis. And to be straight up, we've got Brelvis, Salafis, Diobandis, mm. prominent masjids. What about Khwanis? Anyone, yeah, I, okay. I won't even use any more labels, right? Yeah. But alhamdulillah, I think about, uh, it's according to some <laughs> definitions, they're all Khwanis yeah. now. <laughs> Technically speaking, yeah. right? But we sit on, on a monthly basis, right? Mm. And we put fiqh and aqidah aside and discuss the issues that need to be dealt with. Um, and, and in our area, we've got a split. We've got Eid on one day, or half, the, half the community will do Eid on one day and, and the other half will do it on another. Then you've got those who do Suhoor at one o'clock and those who do Suhoor at three o'clock, yeah? So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm team 18 as well, alhamdulillah. So, um, Are you 18 degrees as well? Yeah, 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 yeah get, of course, uh, Got to stay on the Get a little uh, zoom in, <laughs> zoom in on this. No, but, yeah. no, but that's fine, you do that from individuals. These are doing from a, from a media perspective, yeah? That's what you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, we're all balanced. Uh, we're not a democratic free press world. Yeah, there you go, that's not democratic. We're not democratic at all, bro. Pretend to be. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't tell you Islam like, 21 C's, yeah. but you know, we have to we have some messaging. What for Islam is democracy? No, 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 not completely. <laughs> <laughs> is it hot in here? Um, <laughs> All right, let's so, have a look um, at this. Just on, on Shiok, I think uh, one of the videos I wanted to put up was uh, a scholar, uh, a Qari, who was really emotional f- um, following his daughter who mm. completed her hips right mm. and uh, it's something again like you know we hear a lot of khufa that were coming through um in for some reason in in the uk there are not many we, we don't know too many female who father right it's not really pushed upon um so this is quite inspirational to see uh <coughs> I think people want to know how scholars react to certain issues to certain things so yeah and then you can talk over it uh, this is the uk uh, no, this isn't in the UK. Uh, <laughs> شعور غريب فرحة لا توصف شرف لي كبير أن لي أبا كهذا أتمنى أن أكبر في طاعته أتمنى له صحة والعافية أتمنى له مدى الحياة وطول العمر شكرا لكم على حضوركم هذا والدي أشكرهم جزيل الشكر خاصة الأم أشكرها شكرا جزيل so just just seeing that, I think that the demographics for Ilmfeed, the majority of the audience are between the ages of 18 and 35, right? Mm. And uh, a lot of them are from the UK and other places, and they're going to be parents themselves. Um, and that Tarbiya, yeah. that connection with their children, what do you want them to achieve? And essentially, you want them to love Islam, right? Mm. Be proud that you're Muslim, right? Don't shy about it. Um, really encourage them, give them the right Tarbiya. Um, and we don't want to kind of preach on the <coughs> platform per se, but there's always an element. Everyone wants, ideally, they'll make dua for their children to be yeah. a, a hafid or someone close to Islam uh, to a certain extent. So 
um, it's just really important to kind of really push that narrative out there um, to be close to the Quran. Why are you um, smiling? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just smiling here. You got a cheeky look in your face. You're no, like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say something. I'm just waiting for a counter from <laughs> this no, side. No, never yeah, that, never that, that. I think that's something that we we're, that. we're unanimous yeah. on, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in, in whatever way it be, is that we do really need to connect back to the Quran, essentially, yeah. right? If we're not close to the Quran, no mm. matter what we do, there won't be no barakah, there won't yeah. be, we won't be able to progress. Um, and it's really important. That's fundamentally what we need yeah. to do together. Alhamdulillah, I mean, that's something we. Uh, Completely agree on and try and push. You know, we started a, another kind of secret podcast. Okay. Uh, we're on our like um, I think ninth episode. We're gonna publish it properly when when you get maybe a dozen or so out there, so people can. Um, What's it about? It's called the Quranic Community, and it's a mm-hmm. very in-depth um, kind of like a. There's articles and the the brother author himself was reading reading them out and mm-hmm. like an ebook style thing for these Shalom. things, and it's Shalom. going through Surah Al-Hujurat, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea is to you know have something long term. Um, you can listen to your car. You can gain some benefit and, and some uh, reflections from the Quran. It's very powerful. Put some links in the description. Surah An Nisa will obviously be covered as well, right? That's <laughs> quite a long one. But <laughs> why? Why do you ask? I'm like just interested to hear what, what's going to come out. Of that Maybe after Surah Tawbah. <laughs> Assalamualaikum guys, last reminder I promise, head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to help this movement get to the next level. So we have genuine, high quality media articulating Islam in the 21st century and developing confident Muslims impacting the world for the better. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah, Dili, you want to you wanna think of another one? You want to show? Um, so I guess we had Hamza, we had uh, Shafi. Actually, I've got one. Which one you got? This will spice things up a bit. Oh god! <laughs> Accidentally deleted it almost. By the <laughs> way, I'm re- uh, by the way, I'm really impressed with Islam Twenty One C's uh, setup here, mashallah. Gunshots, yeah, I'm big up to our brother Islam Twenty One C. Mahmoud over here. Mashallah. I mean, handsome devil. Man, we're going on like peasants in my front room. You know that. <laughs> the gradual implementation of Islam shows that. At the moment, if you are implementing as much as you can, mm. then you are, according to your context, <coughs> ruling by Sharia, although there are so many aspects of Sharia are not implemented in your country. Because There's the conditions for the implementation aren't there. Are not it's there. like not fasting. Yeah, it's very not challenging. Whole story. Well, would you say, Sheikh, that there's an element of Hasnulvan uh, <laughs> in how we are looking at Ardogan, giving him Ardogan. the benefit yeah. of the doubt that we wouldn't give somebody else? Okay. Forget but you give Sisi Hussein al as well, didn't you? And MBS. Because we are saying that he's doing as much as he can. Some would argue that he's not. I mean, mm. the constitution in Turkey doesn't mention the word Allah apparently even once. Yeah. So what shall he do? So, so the difference between those who are opponents of Erdogan and those who support him yeah. could be summarized in how you perceive his capability is. Some yeah. say that he's capable, but he's not doing it. Others are saying... He's not capable, that's why he's not doing it. So the, the, the whole issue is husn al-dhan. How, how you are looking at Erdogan. Forget about Erdogan. Forget about Erdogan. Okay. Forget about Erdogan. He's just an example, he's saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that, the reason I remember that one is because you're talking about, look, the majority of the ummah is maybe not practicing and mm-hmm. you, know, you need to give some kind of path and trajectory to, to those people and bring them in. And, uh, you know, Sheikh said to us once, a bunch of us in a, one of the programs, He's like, I don't want you to become a bunch of mini copies of Sheikh Haytham. 
You know, that one needs to be dynamic. You know, you need to have artists. You need to have artists. Um, what kind of artists? Artists. Uh, Omar Isa is one of the brothers we, um, you know, had on the podcast. Very nice brother, mashallah. What, what about instrument based artists? What about, about instrument based artists? No, that's haram, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Even then, look, you could argue. What about shisha? You could what, about argue. Shisha, what about shisha kafdawa? Shisha cafe, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, you could. Someone could theoretically, you know, argue for something like that. But mm. these aren't things that you would say publicly. Right? You just maybe <laughs> overlook someone doing something on the on the slide. Yeah. But the point is, you know, you have to. And this is this is this is Islam. This is Sharia, right? Mm. You know, a lot of people say, you know, no Sharia is something that you have to implement everything and uh, you know all in one go and that kind of stuff, because sometimes. The way we talk about Sharia, because you know, on the mimbar, for example, you say Islam is a complete system, and that comes, that's completely right. But when it comes to imp- implementing that in your life, you need to know. Wait a second, no, you don't just implement everything that you find uh, an injunction, a, a ruling somewhere, I, I, uh, I, I, and implement I, I, that yourself. I, I, it requires I, I, some fatwa and scholarship and stuff. Put, put, in the, put in the issue of Erdogan aside. Right? Yeah, just an example. Yeah, yeah, just put that aside. <laughs> I think we shouldn't at the same time, um, you know, discourage the aspiration, mm. a noble aspiration of Muslims wanting to see a more comprehensive manifestation of Islam, both privately and publicly, right? Mm. What I'm going to say is very controversial, right? But it's something which I spoke to a number of uh, counter-extremists and Syria-related experts on this issue, yeah? one being an individual called Shiraz Mahir, right? Of, we, of whom I disagree wholeheartedly with on most issues. He's uh, King's For, College, right? King's College, yeah. former HT, then became like a counter radicalization guy at King's College, yeah? Most of the people, or a significant number of Muslims who went and mm. joined ISIS in Syria, right? They were not ideologues, right? Do you know what you know, a lot of portion of these people were? They were just people that just wanted to go and live in a more Islamic. Islam right? for dummies. Mm. No, no, no. saw that in. Uh, some of the That's <laughs> some of them But I'm saying that Families Amazon went Families went bro, Because they wanted mm. to live In a more Islamic environment mm. Now if we were to be honest To ourselves And we asked Is that sentiment Is that sentiment Incorrect well, It's a good sentiment But the thing is Out of ignorance And out of obviously Being duped into Whatever they were told Could have just gone to Luton though Yeah True Tower Hamlets Yeah or, uh, but that, that's a very important thing that, that feeling of not belonging Yeah That you don't You don't, you don't no, belong no, here no, You no, can't no, no, be no, no, a practicing Muslim This isn't an exact This isn't an Islamic Enough bro, uh, bro, you know, society I, I, I don't you. I don't think I don't think There is anything Look first and foremost You know if you look at the whole world Right You, you know as someone who's An ardent critic Right Of mm. Of uh, A number of Muslim governments As well as western governments Right I still believe that the UK For now is my home Yeah um, I feel I miss this country, man. When but I'm this abroad, isn't this this it, your son. It's not a completely widespread feeling, though. Soon. What you feel, though. What do you mean? Because I mean, I'm not that old, but I remember. I'm 34, I think now. I remember there was a lot of hijra talk when I was a young whippersnapper. No, there's more hijra talk now, bro. Yeah. There's more. Hij- I mean, that's the thing. So people hijra- don't feel is, that this is. I don't. I don't think. You know, I, I think at least amongst. Bengalis mm. and Pakistanis I can't comment on Indians Right mm. But definitely Bengalis and Pakistanis When you refer back to back home yeah. It will always be back home mm. Bangladesh, Pakistan Will always be back home It's just in our lingo Right It's just It's, it's just instilled It's memory yeah, yeah. But it's there But when you go back home You start missing yeah. the UK 
You know what I mean? Yeah. When you look at the toilets. Yeah, you look at them more, yeah? I need, to, I need to go back. But the point is, the point is for now, and I've, said, and I've consistently maintained this, the UK, for me anyway, is still mm. one of the most comfortable and easiest places to be a Muslim mm. and to practice deen. However, there is mm. a caveat, however, that does not mean that you become a subservient and see yourself as a subject of the state. You are a citizen of this mm. country. Mm. You see yourself as equal and not exactly. just an equal, someone who has something to offer. Yeah. yeah? So my issue is with those who are blindly subservient, think of themselves as colonial subjects. Let's be honest. Oh, they are, you know, they get You're talking about the counter-radical... Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, look, look, man, at the end of the day, Pro-prevent people. man are here, most of us are here, right, mm. from the Indo-Pak, Bangladesh community, as well as the Caribbean. We're here because after World War II, the ratio to men to women was one to three, sick time in it, yeah? And so obviously the, the, women, the women were in the factories, they were doing all the labor work and there was no one to produce family. So they needed people from the empire to come to rebuild this country. And most of our forefathers came here without the intention of actually staying here. It was to work mm. here, send money back home, but they settled here. So the point is we've played a crucial and pivotal role in rebuilding and making this yeah. country uh, great. great again, yeah? Or if it was ever great <laughs> in the first place. But the point here is, I think there's a fine line between understanding and mm. appreciating your role as mm. a citizen as someone to offer something to society. but at the same time at the same time i don't think there's anything wrong in aspiring to wanting to live in a society which is more reflective of your islamic values i don't think there's anything what wrong about making this that society though and where asked me that john where john where asked me that in a two-hour conversation which i applauded yeah. without telling him by the way yeah. uh, I, I had to in it yeah that's a nice maneuver had to mm. it was hamza's idea respect to yeah. hamza uh, i wasn't gonna say and i released it before they released a documentary and he asked yeah. me he goes so what are you thinking about making britain into an islamic state i goes look mate we're not about that life do you understand why not huh why not because I, I believe that if islam was to become established whatever established See, that's means, what sheikhs in the, in Sunnah, Sunnah, let me finish yeah. my point, Habibi. Whatever we believe. I've been told I interrupt a lot. Yeah. Wherever we. By Zahid Akhtar of Dawam. No, that's. Zahid, that's for you. Yeah. Zahid is another OG, yeah. mashallah. Big up, big up to Dawam. Big up to Dawam. They also do some great work. Mashallah. He's also very camera shy. They like that anti ilm feed. Mm. Yeah, so if you. You so like if you want to get, you you get have a happy yes, go lucky thing the spectrum like, is that yeah. you've got, you got infeed here and you got dumb on there yeah? everyone else in but the middle somewhere that, that creates the balance no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean on each side so about, about 20% there 20% <laughs> there it stands for documenting oppression against Muslims if you've been living under a rock somewhere yeah. you don't know who they are may Allah bless their work as well but you know, I mean, you know, you know they, they've consistently you know raised awareness and yeah, you know you know, I would say significant and this is credit to Dawam a lot of the footage, I wouldn't say a lot actually, a significant amount of footage, raw mm. footage that Five Police shares, it's usually yeah. from Dawan. You understand? And, and they do great work. And yeah. considering Zaid more or less does it single-handedly without a team, mm. without resources, you know what I mean? He's doing a fantastic job. But the point I'm trying to make is, going back to that, whatever we believe from our, whichever school or whichever jama'ah mm. or whichever scholars we're talking about, what establishment of Islam means, right? <laughs> the point here is, when John Ware asked me, what do you think about making Britain into an Islamic state? Mm. Uh, I mean, I've never been of the thinking that that should be the case. I thought Al-Muhajirun was the only group that believed in waving the black flag on top mm. of Downing Street. But the point I'm trying to make is, so I said to John Ware, we're not about that. If it ever happens, I believe it would happen in the Muslim world. Where the I was speaking to um, you know, uh, Dr. Abdul Wahid, mm. head of uh, HT UK, mm. Mm. chairman something. Um, chairman. When, when, I, when I was dropping him home, yeah. Um, 
he was like, they they had a discussion with uh, Michael Gove years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah Michael yeah, Gove did, asked yeah. me, he's like, do you want to make Britain or Islamic country or put the flag of the caliphate on the whatever? And he's like, no, no, no. I want my job is to make you want to do it. <laughs> That's wicked. That's a good, That's a good, That's a good response. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I mean, I I, I don't think. Give them dawah and um, I mean, I mean, convert them with that, peace that, bombs. That, that, that's, that's something for our brothers who are in the entry scheme. Mm. <laughs> if that's what you don't want to do, implement... Some, something for beep, yeah. beep, and yeah. beep yeah. to do. <laughs> you know, if you don't want to imp- implement Sharia at 0.01 mm. pace yeah. uh, and, and, and do it, that's why I'm... But I, no, man, I don't want to make Britain into an Islamic state. Right. You're Con- having so much fun here. Conquest and liberation, that's different, isn't it? <laughs> but I don't think from here it'll happen. Mm. The thing is, on, on that point as well, that we need to be realistic. So, like, second generation, when we think of back home, because we've got that connection maybe because of the language, mm. because yeah. we've visited a few times. The next generation, they don't have another language. They only yeah. know English, right? Uh, um, Dr. Anas Takriti, he, uh, he spelled it out in a very nice section of the last <coughs> podcast we did. He said, typical, is that textbook immigrant community is generation one. You kind of keep your head down, you act as guests, you don't want to rock the boat. Right? Generation two, the kind of opposite, so they react to them and they're like, no, a bit more, they re- reject aspects of their original culture mm. and aspects of their, you know, um, the, the, the quote-unquote host culture mm. and become a bit more kind of homeless, they don't know where they sit. But then the third generation, he said, they try and, you know, um, get get in between, uh, mm. understand mm. the arguments of both, but try and chart a, Look a, 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 a kind of path forward. And he said, that is the more productive generation. I think, that, I, think, um, I think there's truth to that But, yeah. but at the same time I, You know Inshallah I'm not a father yet But inshallah when I am mm, and, and I've got 15 nieces and nephews uh-huh. it's Father fi- to a nation inshallah Inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big bar there man. That's a lofty That's, that's a lofty inshallah, inshallah. Inshallah. But anyway, The point I'm trying to make Is I think it's very important To not disconnect uh, Our children And our future generations With their heritage Whether yeah. it be Bangladesh Pakistan India The Arab world Africa Wherever mm. it may be because mm. that is a part of yeah. their identity, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, and and so there needs to be a balance. And I don't think a solution to to countering our oh, Britain's not our home, and you know we're just here for a little while, and all that kind of malarkey mm. is not to cut that connection between uh, them and their he- and the heritage of of where their parents and grandparents come think from. Think global. Think omatic. Yeah. Because like for example, I will. I've, I've told my wife uh, mm. and, and and my brother does this as well. We make sure that the kids have rice and curry once a day. <laughs> Preferably <laughs> for breakfast. What do you say about my mum? Yeah. The point I'm trying to make is the point I'm trying to make is even something as 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 things food yeah. like like our Pakistani families, they make sure that roti is at yeah. least once a day. Even that is a connection. Do you understand? Preferably yeah? for breakfast. No, no, no. Whatever, really, whatever. The point I'm trying to make is. These things matter. Yeah. Where you can't speak to your children in English, I've seen my brothers and sisters, who are all older than me, make sure that they do speak Bengali yeah. with their children as, as they're doing English as well. Yeah. So I think then we cannot, I think it's very dangerous actually. It's actually very dangerous to so try... They can, so they can... To, to disconnect, to... Yeah. Dis- to, yeah. to, to, to it, it, like A solution to feeling or understanding that Britain is your home is not to cut heritage and connection yeah. with... Bangladesh, Pakistan, the Arab world, Africa, and stuff like yeah. that. That's as important. And they need to learn Bengali anyway so they can, you know, survive in Tower Hamlets. <laughs> of course. <laughs> One day if they... If they but that, 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 that's so key that, you know, Alhamdulillah, with social media, you've seen that you're able to mm. connect with so many people around the world, right? Mm. And by pushing the narrative of what's going on in different countries, whether it's in Turkey or Malaysia or Qatar 
naming all the good countries yeah. here, right? <laughs> so um, you guys, Pakistan, <laughs> Zimbabwe. No, nah, he didn't go to the, he didn't go to the KL summit. He didn't go to the KL summit. He got bullied. He's got to prove himself again. Yeah, no. yeah. but I'm, I think it's it's You're really important. Locked in the bathroom. Yeah. The locked in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 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 so key. Like otherwise, mm. being here, you can get caught up <coughs> in, in this society, right? Um, mm. And like I said, that third generation, they're gonna be probably more outspoken than the second generation and. However, it goes, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's really important. Like you said, just small things like food, right? I don't think so anyone could survive on British food anyway on a daily basis, right? What is so, British um, food? Y- yeah, it's Take chicken tikka masala. <laughs> you know, you know, Blood Brothers episode one was with brother Imran Munid from the Mad mm. Mamluks, and it got quite heated. I saw that one. It got quite heated uh, because a, a stereotype which our cousins over the Atlantic have of UK Muslims is a stereotype. Cousins, yeah. <laughs> Proper downgraded them, man. Yeah. They're brothers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's, it's that you know, you know, Muslims in the UK are ghettoized. Um, you know, Sharia no go zones. And you know, we're socioeconomically less affluent than them. And you know, some of these points may be right, but let me tell you something. I would even go as far as to say this as well. Wherever you know, Muslims living in and in, in areas together, right? Uh, and you know, there's a whole kind of counter-extremism discussion about lack of integration amongst the Muslim mm. community. You know, we know this, right? The mm. Casey report and all this kind of stuff. But the point that is... Kind of it is bakwas because we, are, we, we tend to forget that no one talks about white flight. Mm. No one talks about when white folk move out of an area where as soon as they see people of immigrant descent or Asians coming into an area. We also tend to forget as well that human beings are social creatures. We are naturally inclined towards people who, are, who look like us, talk like us, eat like us, have the same religion, have the same culture. This is normal, man. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. <coughs> so I, so, and we've made it, Kimi, my brother said it in, a, in, mm. in episode one, that look, man, I think whatever your lot's conception of ghettoization is, I actually think it plays a key role in the preservation of our identity. Yeah. Right, um, mm. I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong with Muslims or people of immigrant descent wanting to live amongst themselves in the same way that white people don't, don't mind it either. Yeah. The thing is, I find that the targeting or the mm. politicization of it, targeted at one community, is wrong, and we know why mm. that's happening. Yeah, mm. no one talks about why Tamils. Yeah, no one talks about why Tamils live together. No one talks about why blacks decide to live together, but all of a sudden it's because Muslims will congregate in one area and therefore there's a lack of integration. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. We're human beings and we're naturally inclined to, towards living around people that are similar to us. This is mm-hmm. not, there's nothing wrong with that. Did you go to university? Yeah. Yes. Say, so, did you go to uni? Yeah. yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. So we were cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got on with people. We got on with people from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing. But all of a sudden now it's a massive discussion about Muslims mm-hmm. not integrating uh, and us living yeah. in and, and being ghettoized. I yeah. believe that. Whatever this concept of ghettoization, yeah. I think that Alan Rocks and the Berry Parks and the BD7s are important. Absolutely. They're yeah. important, yeah. man. So. MashaAllah. Okay, on that bombshell, um, just look at the time and we're kind of running out of film. Uh, so, just a quick um, 10 seconds. What is your uh, Ru'ya 2020, your vision 2020? What are you, what are you going to be focusing on? Inshallah, we are looking to set base, inshallah, in North America. Uh, and Australia nice. uh, with, with, with a presence there I think definitely North America A mm. Muslim news website Is needed Currently nothing exists So mm. keep us in your du'as Excellent. We are looking to Float over to Mashallah. North America And shut yes, up Hope you get in Get, get your Insta right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alhamdulillah um, For us it's uh, Again growth We've had massive growth Over the past year To continue that growth But maintain the quality I think mm. that's key right Maintain the quality And to keep relevant I think sometimes we could get stuck in ways that we've done because we've been successful before, 
but those tactics might not be the right strategy for the coming year. Mm. So um, to keep an eye out on what's going on, um, to grow the team, inshallah. And alhamdulillah, if we continue what we did, we, we grew um, yeah. huge, hugely over the Shana. past year. We could. Islam 21C. We're going to meet back again here in uh, first Muharram. Yeah. Islam 21C 2020 yeah. You didn't tell us So uh, <laughs> Islam 21C 2020 What is our vision? You let us know in the comments below <laughs> What are your ideas? It's not because this is uh, unscripted And I haven't done any preparation for it But generally uh, interested <coughs> to hear your ideas We've got a few things on the horizon Inshallah New studio Inshallah uh, Ramping up the podcast Ramping up the uh, media uh, stuff Mahmoud will be happy The camera. Are you happy Mahmoud? Yeah, yeah He's nodding <laughs> Alhamdulillah <laughs> So yeah, if you um, made it to the end of this podcast, uh, extra points to you. Mashallah. If you like this podcast, give it a like and a share. Uh, a few comments uh, if you want to take out anyone. Um, <laughs> then uh, yeah, I'll uh, go, go easy on delete. Huh? What did you say? Put your feedback on your five pairs. Yeah. And uh, yeah, remember to uh, subscribe wherever you are, on wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, see you in the next one, inshallah. Zakum khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.